good afternoon. I almost said good morning. I'm used to the mornings when we have a time change now. Welcome, everybody. This is the Jamcast on Rookery Radio, Real College Radio. Uh, welcome back. The first episode of the spring semester. Uh, we have a one new face. And other than that, everybody's the same. Say hello, everybody. Good morning. Good, mo- good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm not used to it yet. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy first week of school. Ew. Let's introduce our first new man on the show. I am the new face, the new voice, the highlight of the show. Uh, (laughs) Tanner is my name. Hello, Tanner. Mon Doc. M-O-N-D-O-K. No C. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We um, unfortunately lost Josh to another podcast that we are still running. That's true. So you can catch catch him on our um, upcoming podcast. Sports podcast will be coming in February, and Rachel and I will also be starting a political podcast Ooh. also in February. We Mondays, sure will be. The politics, the, the shows will be back-to-back on Mondays. Politics, one to two, and then sports on Mondays, two to three. What? Why did that have more emphasis? It, it, I was just saying it. It's just how I, just how I Let's speak. Let's be real. I mean, come on. Brent loves sports. I love sports. He doesn't love politics. Listen, I I'll love be, <laughs> politics. I'll be there for it. I'll listen and I'll help out. I'm not going to say a word because I don't know anything <laughs> about politics, but I'll be there uh, hands on the wheel for the sports one. Yeah, so. I definitely think that Morgan and I are going to try to dumb down politics a little bit to make it more understandable for a college student that might not really not understand that politics. college students are dumb, but you no. know, some people are just too lazy to look at all the sources. And you know, oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We got you. I'll be Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Or what, what was like, uh, there's a thing that like you call like just the community and as a whole. I mean, it is society. Joe, society. You call me, I'll be society. Explain it to me. <laughs> Like I'm an eighth grader or something. That's all right, man. So, welcome everybody. We have some uh, great stuff to talk about. Tanner has an amazing piece that he wrote, which is the cover story for the Jam Bar this week, uh, talking about uh, part-time faculty and adjunct professors and faculty members and how they deserve to get paid more. So we'll talk about that. Other awesome stories people wrote and uh, local stories. We're gonna talk a little bit about road rage yeah, because that's later. that's something. That's a thing. We're going to talk about that. Everybody's dealt with it once or twice in their life, so we're, uh, we'll talk about that. But we're going to start with Tanner's story, um, talking about uh, the faculty, adjunct faculty members. So All go right. ahead. All right, Tanner. So would you just tell us a little bit to preview? Um, why did you want to write this story, and how did you get started? Um, well, it all got started, uh, let's say, last semester, like early last semester probably, Um when I uh, I did another story on the on adjunct fac- faculty how they haven't had a raise in 27 years, um, and when I did that story, I focused a lot on on some adjuncts and then also people like on the financial side, um, some you know administrative side of things. And when I did that story, I thought it turned out well, but some of the things that I felt like were missing is really telling you know the story that mattered the most of that was like the actual adjuncts because they're the people being the most affected by it. Um, so. For my um, Digital 2 photo class last semester, um, I needed to do something for my final project, so I decided to do it on this, where I could kind of, you know, focus on certain adjuncts. I could go to, like, their studios or their um, their homes, photograph them there, and then also do a brief interview with them, you know, just to get their opinions on the, the topic. Yeah, so this story seemed to be very intimate. Um, would you be able to explain that a little bit? Because I know you actually went into the houses of some of these adjunct faculty mm-hmm. members. Um, yeah, so for two of them, I didn't go to their homes, and then the other two, um, I did. So 
So for the two that I did go to their homes, that was kind of interesting for me because I'd never done that before so far. Like in journalism, I've never actually like went and interviewed someone in their home. So that was interesting, but it was also a really cool experience because then I felt like it made the interview more personal because I felt like I wasn't just like sitting like in their office. Like I was really getting to know them because like I was in their space. Um, so that was the coolest part of it, I think. And then also like photographing them in that space too, um, really helped just show like them as like a person. Yeah. Um, what is the probably biggest thing that you learned from these four people that you interviewed? I think the biggest thing that I learned would probably be that they're all very passionate about this and that they'd all kind of hope that, you know, like something would change, but they realize that it's going to be hard. Um, but just like seeing their passion on it and like, and I emailed like so many people when I was trying to work on this and these were the people who seemed to be the most passionate. Um, and like, obviously, of course, like this is a topic that not everyone's going to want to talk about. Um, so yeah, I just thought like, yeah, these they're just all very, very passionate about it. Yeah. Do you plan on writing anything else about adjunct faculty members? Or, um, um, like a possible part three? If, like, change, you know, happens. Mm -hmm. Like, if there is something, like, with the raise or if there are, like, actual discussions from, like, some, like, administrators or something about that, then yes. But, like, as of right now, probably not. But if something changes, you know, in terms of how uh, that situation is going down, then, then yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, I know we discussed this when you wrote your first front page story about adjunct faculty, but Tanner is our photo editor. So Tanner doesn't normally have stories printed in the paper. So for you, what is it like to have that different aspect of journalism? Normally you're the man behind the camera. I mean, for these, obviously there's beautiful portraits, but what about that writing aspect? Um, do, do you like it? Um, do you hope to do that more in the future? Um... I'd say it's it's harder for me just because, like, I'm not used to it. So, like, when I write things, I just feel like it's taking me longer than it does, like, say, the people who do it every week. Um, and that, like, makes me nervous because I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be as good. So, it, like, just, like, takes me a little bit longer, I guess, you know, like, really put that together. Um, but I still enjoy it because, like, it's not like I don't know, like, I've done it before. It's just, um, it's just like, a different kind of, like, change of pace thing for me. So like especially when we're putting everything together and it's like usually I'm just worried about photos and then I have say like you calling me like asking like hey like what's like this part of the story and I'm like oh this is weird I'm like not used <laughs> to having to deal with this part of things um yeah. so yeah it's fun but like yeah I just don't do it that often um everyone really should go and check out either the actual physical jam bar or go on the website because there's actually more photos on the website of these adjunct faculty members and Tanner took some wonderful portraits. Tanner, which one is your favorite photo that you took? Definitely the lead photo that we used of mm -hmm. um, Lauren Baker. That was in, uh, that's over in Bliss. That's like the sculpture, I don't want to say like lab. Um, it's just like an area where they do like a lot of like, not like welding work, but a lot of like work on like metal, you know, like sculptures and everything. So that's why she had like the mask on. Um, so yeah, it was just like a really cool environmental portrait. Um, so yeah, that was probably the best one. And then also like the ones that I did of, uh, Richard, uh, Chitola, I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, when I went to his house, like I thought those ones were, um, really cool. Like the ones of just like when he was like in his bedroom or just like sitting on his couch. Um, I just thought those were like 
pretty solid environmental portraits that I enjoyed doing. Yeah, and they're very minimalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can really just see his face and that he's a very minimalistic type of person. Yeah. Um, and everyone, I encourage you to take a look at this. Tanner really put his heart and soul into this story, and it's a great read and great photos. Thank do you me. think you ever do like another one of those uh, type of photo journalism type things? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun doing, and I feel like it's really effective that way. Instead of just you know like talking about the people and just like putting their words into it, but actually being able to show you know their portraits, what their like everyday like environments are like. I feel like that adds a lot to the story, and that's something that I feel like that I enjoy doing and can continue to do. So. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I hope that people can get to see some more amazing portraits from Tanner because this is something that we don't normally have. We don't normally have an abundance of portraits in our paper. So, please go take a look. Pick up that paper or go to thejambar.com. Tanner, do you have anything else you want to add about this that we haven't discussed? Uh, I got nothing. Just go look for a copy. It's everywhere. <laughs> You'll see it. You'll see Lauren Baker right on the front. You'll see it. Yeah. It's hard to miss. In now, every I'm, academic building. That's right. Now, I'm a, I thought that was an amazing first. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you're good. Um, I thought it was an amazing first issue that we had, you know, um, visually wise. Um, I love that photo. And, Tina, it's great to see you, like, grow as a photographer. And I really like having visual pieces in the paper. And I love how we, you know, put it in the middle so, you know, when you fold it, you have that whole area and then online if you guys want to check it out we have even more photos that tanner took of it um we have some galleries so please please check it out because they are amazing they yeah. are they really are great photos thank you they're great thank photos you. you know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd say yeah. so uh we have another story about some uh YSU students going to the pittsburgh yeah during uh a, like a gun rally mm-hmm. um uh, january 7th yeah january 7th there was a um gun rally in pittsburgh that was i believe caitlin bennett went to um yep. for those of you who don't know who caitlin bennett is she is kind of a meme at this point for a lot of people that's but like the, that's the yeah. kent state gun lady that's right? the kent, sure kent state is. gun girl in may sure. when she was um photographed for her senior picture with you know an ar was it ar-15 something like that yeah like a, an automatic, a large an gun. automatic rifle yeah <laughs> and then her cap said um something like come and take it oh there's smiles like sorry um like come and take it and uh but she was supposed to be at this gun rally and some but unfortunately due to some if you know hopefully you guys know about this but the you know the shooting of the synagogue in squirrel hill the uh tree life synagogue was shot up unfortunately through like due to um, a terrorist attack and uh you know many people lost their lives in the jewish community and you know it really affected the the Pittsburgh community, because, you know, I'm not from Pittsburgh, but, like, I've talked to people, you know, and, you know, it's a very close-knit community in Squirrel Hill, so that really, like, left a mark on them. So the fact that these gun rally people were protesting in front of the synagogue, you know, because the Pittsburgh mayor was like, it's like, oh, we're going to ban, like, open carry, I believe. Was there yeah. something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, and so they go there to protest, you know, they have all the right to protest. But, you know, in front of the synagogue where something like that happened is just not the appropriate, you know, area, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just a correction. Oh, the, the Pittsburgh City Council 
um, pass legislation that would ban assault-style weapons in um, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So okay. not open Thank carry. You. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Something that they used mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the yes. Tree of Life. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so some YSU students decided to um, go up to Pittsburgh with their instruments um, and play some traditional Jewish music to drown out the protesters. So they kind of like just anti, like kind of counter-protested with their music. Um, and they gained like national attention, you know, and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported on them. So it was really cool to watch these, you know, kids from YSU, from like our university, get this national attention um, for just, you know, playing music and giving tribute to those victims that suffered from the uh, shooting. It really, like, it's like a perfect poetic beautiful way to like combat something like that yeah it's not uh, harmful no, you know it's, it's very not. peaceful and like around this time of the year you know martin luther king and everything i feel like that's something that he would really really respect in a sense of type of like peaceful mm-hmm. protest especially playing music just like the music that embodies that heritage mm-hmm. that just had a tragic suffering uh you know not too long ago mm-hmm. i agree i think that this was was beautiful um i mean it's great to always tell that other side because there's always going to be another side when it comes to a political rally. And the fact that these were YSU students who went out there and put themselves out there in a place that was most likely not too welcoming. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, well, for, I, I think it was great. If people even understood the whole symbolic uh, reason of it. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Not, mm-hmm. not, too, not too many people know you know, Jewish traditional music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It's, it's in it's in that simple way, like people are just like, oh, they're just playing music. Mm-hmm. But if you dig down deeper, it's like, oh, there's a message being sent. Well, and also at one point in the story, it talks about how the quintet that you know went up there and performed, um, they played, they unintentionally played a hymn that you know was um, called like the Tree of Life in front of like the Tree of Life synagogue, and they said that they didn't know it at the time, but like that was really symbolic, and they had people walking up to them like, hey, like I lost friends in the uh, shooting like thank you so much and they sang with them and it was really a really great story by Alyssa Weston so really good good another great story by Miss Weston Mm -hmm. (laughs) she always finds good ones like she she, she gets inspired and does a great job with the the stories that she she comes across so for sure next one we have coffee house a new coffee house in Youngstown Mm -hmm. culture um, culture house coffee company Mm -hmm. I haven't been yet I want to go I haven't either Um, it's located on eight 18 Elm Street, which is between Wick Park and the Kafaro House. So that's really easy for students that live on campus um, up by the Kafaro House, Leiden House, mm-hmm. to walk over there. Yeah. Um, and from what I hear, there have been great reviews of this place. What Have you guys heard anything? Yeah, one of our reporters loves it. Apparently mm-hmm. she's been there and she's like, oh my gosh, that's so good. It's better than Stone Fruit because, you know... All we right. here okay. at the Jam Bar are, really, okay. like that's high really that's high love praise. Stone Fruit. <laughs> that's high praise. I guess we have to try it then. So, yeah. Um, I think they have a really nice aesthetic too. They have green um cupboards. Green. Yeah, yes. love it. It's like seafoam color. With, yeah, like mm-hmm. a seafoam, perfect. And like really with great white. natural lighting. lighting. Oh yes, too. yes they do. It just looks very homey, clean. I don't know. Homey. Yeah, mm-hmm. aesthetic. Something you put on your Tumblr blog. You know, <laughs> something like that. Absolutely. And the photos for this story at um thejambar.com and in the paper are really really great. Um. Our photographer, Jay Harvard Feldhouse, took these photos, and I think that it really captured mm-hmm. the the coffee house in, in a good light. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes me want to go and uh, try it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe one morning we'll have to try it, and then we will let you guys know what our thoughts are, um, mm-hmm. because 
you know how much everyone in Youngstown loves coffees. There's absolutely there's so there's coffee shops everywhere. Especially me, my coffee mug collection at a uh, my it's office. It's growing. It's growing. I think I have like what do I? One, you have two, four. Yeah, four, four now just in my office. People just know I really love coffee. I'm, yeah, Brie got you a glass today. Yeah, correct? Sam got yeah. me this little like disc thing that you plug in and it like keeps your coffee warm and I love it. Mm. I'm obsessed. <laughs> so like I you know even Dave our advisor got us got me coffee yeah. beans. Got you coffee you got beans. Got me coffee beans. I just what can I say? I love coffee. Yeah, coffee's it's my lifeblood. Great man, it's awesome. It's in my veins. If I don't drink coffee, I'm the worst person on earth. I really have earth. withdrawals. It's a problem. No, I agree. It's a I just drink straight that. Americanos now. I don't even need the flavor. That's when you know you have a problem. When <laughs> I you know. can just go to the straight stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shot. <laughs> I have one shot of espresso, please. <laughs> one. Uh, well, at least two. Let's be real. <laughs> at here. least three. Yeah. But I, I might need another shot of something today because I got, I got a long, long day ahead of me. I was here on campus at like 8.30 today getting stuff done. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And then after after this, actually later on, we do have basketball games tonight that I have you know, working for. Follow the socials on that. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that actually coming up right now. Um, both teams are playing. They're actually all at home this week, which is great. They they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ugh. It's it's crazy. So Stanball's getting a lot of use in right now. Yeah. Um, the men lost last night, uh, eighty to seventy four. Um. The team's good. Like, the team is really good. They're getting better every year. It's just the fact that they're very young. They're really young. Uh, there's a kid that actually played for Wright State who ended up torching them, basically, um, on offense. It's from Ursuline. He's a Youngstown kid that came back. Uh, Mark Hughes went off on YSU last night and had a great game. Um, the women played tonight. The women lost two games in a row on the road. Finally back. They'll be playing Wright State as well. Wright State is, just has a really good basketball program, especially for being, like, a smaller school Really good. So the uh, YSU women's team is a really good team. It's going to be a great game. Come on down. Check it out if you don't have anything to do tonight and uh, any other games this weekend. Except for Sunday's questionable, questionable for a game because of the bad snow on that Saturday. snow, man. In fact, they moved the Saturday game from 7 to 1 yeah, to combat that. I saw that. that. So wow. Do you guys have idea. any fun plans for the weekend? Because I'm locking myself in my house. <laughs> I got games to work. Yeah. Well, do you have a date with your robe? I got... Robe on, Xbox controller in hand, Switch controller in hand, TV on, uh, full relaxation mode. Nice. That's wow. Plan. That's the goal. I'm going to do all my homework. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I might I'm get gonna to do. that at some point. I mean, maybe. Maybe later. Maybe, maybe. I told myself I, I wasn't going to procrastinate yet this semester, and I had a editorial due this morning for class that I wrote 20 minutes before I left, so... I did the same thing. Great, was, great start to the semester for one, me. One of the things I did this morning yep. <laughs> when I got here early. Hey, it got done, didn't it? It did. I mean, exactly. I always give myself just enough time to get it finished, but eh, I should stop doing It's called that. a clutch performance. I hope so. I hope <laughs> I hope that's an A. I hope it's A work, because if not, I'm going to be angry at myself. Yeah, it'll be uh, fine. So on to other news. What do we have next, guys? Um, so there is actually a study abroad holoca- holocaust program. Um, that is being offered by YSU, and this program is going to be a three-week trip from May 12th through June 3rd this year, and they're going to visit the Czech Republic, Germany, and Poland, and it's going to have a theme centered around the Holocaust and human rights in Central Europe, and this trip um, came about through Jacob Lebens, who is the Assistant Professor of Judaic Studies in Holocaust Studies, 
And um, he said that this reflects his commitment to the idea that Jewish and Holocaust studies have a lot to offer to people who are interested in thinking um, complexly about issues of contemporary politics and culture. Um, and I think that this would really, really be a great opportunity for students who are, who are interested in this. I just think it's so, even if, like, that's just so interesting that you can go and do that. Like, mm-hmm. even if, like, regardless if you're Jewish or not, you know, German or whatever, I think it's, I love history. So, like, that's really something really cool that they put together, you know, and that's, like, something really different, too, you know. Yeah. That's a great study abroad program. Because there's a lot of people that dedicate their lives to study things that happened in the Holocaust. And the fact that we have uh, YSU students have a chance to go and, like, be at these places and experience it, like, in the, themselves. It's, it really is a great opportunity to oh, kind of experience the, the terrible things that the Jewish culture had to go through for that. Yeah, um, and this trip is inclusive to all majors, so anyone at YSU could go, but the only thing mm-hmm. is that space is limited to 15 students. Um, so... Registration in a non-refund, non-refundable deposit of $1,476 are due by January 26th, and the total cost for the trip is $3,000. The good thing about that is that there are scholarships for study abroad. Even though this is a shorter study abroad trip, um, the Office of Study Abroad will be able to fund some of those trips, which is great because, you know, money sometimes prohibits people from going places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. And that's that's it's really if you think about it, how how long is it? It's three. It's three, three weeks. weeks. That's not too bad. If yeah, you it's, went it's by yourself, price, yeah. I'm telling you, you're gonna spend that much or oh, yeah. more. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially for hotels, eating, the plane ticket, it'll it'll add up at the end of the day. Yeah, so that really isn't bad. It's one of those like uh, once in a lifetime things. You get opportunities and chances you have to do and go on trips like that. So it's oh, definitely yeah. something yeah. that you, mm-hmm. people should do. Well, let's yeah. get into the biggest news, I think, for all of us, at least in this area, are going to yeah. go through this weekend is uh, Winter Storm Harper. Um, we named it? Yeah, it's Harper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be a rough what? time, man. Rough time. Harper. That's such a beautiful yeah, I name. Why? I know. It's really cute. Named. It's named. Um, I thought it was a hurricane thing that did that. I mean, so it pretty much <laughs> hits Saturday um, and a little bit on Friday night, so please be careful, guys. Try and stay home if you can. I know some people have work and... Hopefully, they you know people get called off work because yeah. holy crap, how are you going to make it through the roads? Um, there's a couple articles that were saying like maybe even they'll pull the snow trucks from the roads at some points just because really? they can't keep up with it at sometimes and they'll just hit it at other points because it's going to be that bad. The Youngstown area is projected to get 10 to 15 inches alone. Um, so guys, if you can stay indoors on Saturday, you know, like Tanner said, grab your robe, a nice <laughs> book. You know, charge your laptop, maybe put some Netflix on, download a movie, buy um, a video game, get a video game, maybe paint something, open make some up hot the chocolate, jam bar. open up the jam bar. Great <laughs> idea. You know, that is a great idea. Nothing Sit better back. than like a, a wood fireplace and, oh, yeah. and a nice newspaper to warm you up. Oh yeah. my gosh. Old school. I love it. That's right. Sit back, relax, and don't go outside. You know, I have to tell Unless I have a you dog. want to build a snowman, because that's um, what I might do. Yeah, I, yeah, just, you know, just fall down in child. the snow. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. My poor dog, I have to take him out, and I'm just going to have to shovel an area for him to go to the bathroom, because this poor boy is so small, he's going to get 
just covered <laughs> in the snow. I'm not going to be able to find them. The great thing about my dogs is they love the snow. And when I open the door, I have a fence, so they're safe to go by themselves. But when I open that door, they roll, they do flips, they eat the yeah, but snow. What, but, it's great. But, but what about Max? It's, the snow's going to be taller than him. My American Cocker Spaniel loves the snow more than anything. Even if it's past his head? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he actually hasn't experienced it we that yet, so we'll see. <laughs> um, the heaviest snow is actually expected to fall tomorrow during the late morning into the early evening. So that's mm. when everyone really should start to be careful. Um, and then there's going to be really, really low temperatures coming on Sunday and Monday. So that's when like ice one to two and degrees. everything else starts to come in. So mm-hmm. please be careful. Don't go out unless it's absolutely necessary because it's just not worth it. I agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. And also, um, the Student Government Association Vice President Carolyn Smith is encouraging students um, who live on campus and off campus to secure necessary food items and hygiene products through the SGA Food Pantry, which is located in the lounge on the first floor of Kilcally Center. Um, And that pantry will be open until 6 p.m. today. If anyone needs to get anything from the food pantry, um, after 6 p.m., you can contact Carolyn Smith or Ernie Barquette at their email addresses, which are in the YSU portal. They would be more than happy to accommodate to anyone that needs um, those food items or those hygiene products. Better to be safe than sorry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's the next local story we have? We have a gun was pulled during road uh, road rage incident. Uh-oh. What? Yeah, bond has been set at $5,000 for a Gerard man who allegedly pulled out a shotgun. A shotgun. Mind you, a shotgun. Why do people need shotguns? (laughs) During what police say was a case of road rage. Damone Alexander was arraigned in Gerard Municipal Court Thursday on one kind of uh, felonious assault. Witnesses tell police that Alexander made threats when his car was blocked by a disabled vehicle along Beechwood Avenue Wednesday afternoon. According to police, Alexander drove to his house on Patricia Drive, a couple blocks away, and came back to Beechwood Avenue with a shotgun. Police say Alexander didn't shoot anyone, but went back home, where police say they found him and the shotgun. And the judge scheduled Alexander for a preliminary hearing on January 23rd. You know, (sighs) so, you know, a shotgun, guys. Like I said, shotgun. I think we've all encountered road rage in some form, but I've never had a gun of any form pulled on me. (laughs) Like... Do you guys want to like tell your stories about your personal experience with sure. rage? Well, I don't, I don't have any like really good personal really? stories. No, but my dad, I want to tell my dad's story because it's okay. Yeah, fantastic. Go for it. So it's the summertime. Dad's driving around in his truck, and uh, just stopped at the hot dog shop in Gerard. Ironically, um, grabbed some hot dogs. Some other guy uh, on the freeway was driving alongside my dad, just driving like an idiot. My dad's like, this guy is driving me insane. So my dad pulls up alongside him. With hot dog in hand, chili cheese, <laughs> onion, and everything, throws it out the window, <laughs> hits the guy in the face. Was the other guy's window open? Yeah, he was like in a convertible. Dang, like a, that's a good was, shot. He was in a convertible and just smashed it right in the face. You know, put your dad on an MLB team, man. They need you. They need him. Wow. <laughs> it's the, one of the greatest stories wow. ever. Oh that's how late. Were you with him or no? No. What I've, great uh, aim. Right? Wow. And he's a lefty, so like he's driving with his left hand. I don't know if he went across the body or was like, oh, yeah, like a, it's a more impressive. I don't know if he went like that Will Chamberlain is... skyhook on it. I don't know. <laughs> what did the guy do? Nothing. My dad just flew Can by. Can you imagine having a hot dog fit you, like hit you in the face mid-drive? You're like, what? Like a, a sloppy, a, a sloppy chili and cheese hot dog in the face. <laughs> <laughs> my dad my dad gets home. He's like, 
prank is what I did. He's like, I'm like, Dad, what'd you do? He's like, I wasted a hot dog. <laughs> was he planning on eating that while yeah, he was driving? Yeah, he was eating it. He was eating it. <laughs> My dad, my dad. <laughs> that's the more surprising part to me. My dad eats and drives constantly. A half-eaten it's, dog. Yeah. That, right that's a face. messy meal to drive with. I could not with. eat that while no. I was driving. No way. My dad makes wonders happen. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at his, his, his aim, man. It's <laughs> amazing. Wow. I really would like to know how that guy in the convertible is doing today. I want to hear his side of the story. <laughs> you know, I've never really had road rage, but I, you know, my, my brother, he's bad with it. He'll just, you know, speed up and look at the person and be like, you want to fight? You know, that's him. Oh, that's, ben. that's my brother. But me, personally, I never experienced road rage. Um, but um, I remember sitting outside of the, oh, what is it called? Oh, the Wellness Center in Niles. And I just, I'm sitting there waiting to pick up my brother at the time because he had soccer. We were, my car was in the shop, so I was using his. And I see this guy, you know, parked behind this one other dude in a truck. And he gets out of his car. And he goes up to the other guy, you know, and they're yelling at each other, but the one guy won't put his window down. So the other guy who was parked behind him gets back into his car, comes out with a crowbar, goes to the other car, and smashes the window in. And I'm just in there like, Mom, we need to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? That's terrifying. Yeah, you want to tell your story? Okay, so <laughs> so I experienced some serious road rage um, in early <laughs> December. I was coming home from my moot court competition here at YSU, and I was driving myself and three other people home from from the competition. It was in Saginaw, Michigan, which is six hours away, all right? So I'm already frustrated because I know I have to drive six hours until I'm home in my comfy bed. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's just get home, have a, have a nice drive. And so I'm driving on, on, um, why? Oh man, my advisor's calling me. I'll have to call him back. Hi Dave, if you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, hi Dave. So, so I'm driving on the interstate and all of a sudden this truck tries to merge into my lane and he was, oh my gosh centimeters away from making me rear-end him because that's how close it was um and so of course you know as i'm as i'm passing him up i you know shoot him the bird (laughs) well what happens is he ends up putting his window down and yelling some very very profane words at me (laughs) and also flipping the bird at me along with his passenger flipping the bird at me and yelling (laughs) profane words um so then i Yelled some very profane words back that I cannot say on air. So you won up um, them. It was just a back and forth. It was back and forth. And that is totally out of character for me. That's not something I do. Yeah. And there are these two people in my back seat who I did not know very well. You know, we were in the same class, but didn't we were just really on a name to name basis. How are you? Well, then they knew me as here's the girl that has road rage that just screams some <laughs> terrible words at this person. And then it gets better. This car speeds in front of me. And, you know, it's a person in a giant truck. So they're already on their high horse, all right? Um, They go in front of me, and they have this giant light on the back of their truck. And they're just flashing it and flashing it and flashing it. And they, like, step on their brakes so hard. And they go forward flashing the lights. And I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) And then they finally flip me off and then left. 
Wow, people, people are crazy. Yeah, I was afraid that they were going to throw something at my car. <laughs> I, was so, I was driving my parents' car, too. I want to be the person in the back seat that was just, like, watching for this first time flip what out and be like, happened? what is going on? Yeah, they probably were like, I've never seen this side of Rachel. Probably, I only know the sweet side. They're probably scared of you now. <laughs> they know not to mess with me now. That's I got, right. I've got that bad side. Tanner. <laughs> I don't have any road rage stories, but I will say that I love using my horn. <laughs> it is so much fun whether it's just a short you know quick little thing you know that's effective but the best one is just laying on it for like longer than you need to even if just someone like just cuts you off like the slightest bit just like laying on it for just like seconds like upon like seconds it's just like it's just a lot of fun it's a funny sound it's uh it's a funny sound. it's a funny sound it's a lot more effective than you yelling i think and it's funnier so i feel like we need a better form of communication between cars than just a beep oh i just disagree. like a singular I love beep. the honk I love there the- should be something where if you have road rage, you could like turn the the yeah like, like switch on sign. and it's like <laughs> <laughs> my one growl. My one friend has a Volkswagen, and when she beeps her horn, she she has some pretty bad road rage, and it yeah. it'll be like beep, <laughs> and everyone just looks at her like really. You can't take that seriously. <laughs> no, you can't. It's like all right, all right, you little thing. <laughs> oh well. Well, right. I'm surprised none of you other people have no, really see, experienced I, road rage. I guess I, I just get angry. Very calm. Yeah, just... I think we're pretty, we're pretty even-keeled group, I like to think. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I just get upset sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the next story, we, uh, little local story we have going on? Well, you know, if you guys haven't heard, the Ho-Rig trial has started. Um, let me get her name here. Claudia Ho-Rig. If you guys haven't uh, known, it's been a big case over the last over 10 years. I mean... I mean, my mom remember when this started happening. Um, but pretty much, um, Claudia Horig is accused of murdering her husband. Um, oh, what is his name? I'm sorry. Oh, Carl Horig, who was um, in the Air Force Reserves over in Vienna. Um, and they lived in, I want to say Howland or Warren area. Um, but she's accused of murdering him and, uh, you know, killing him um, in the back. And, you know, then she fled to her home country of Brazil, you know, to avoid, you know, prosecution. Well, that's story. Yes, this is this story. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And so it's been going on for over a decade. And finally, Brazil extradited her back to the U.S. for prosecution. And so now this case has started. Um, and so prosecutors have rested their case in the Claudia Horig. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to make sure I get the most. Here we go. Yep, most accurate, up to date. As of 2.15 today, uh, prosecutors have rested their case in the Claudia Horig aggravated murder trial after a brief cross-examination of Dr. Joseph Fellow of the Cuyahoga County Medical Examiner's Office and testimony from two U.S. Air Force pilots who flew with and were friends with Carl Horig. Claudia Horig is accused of shooting Carl Horig, her husband, at, the home, at their home in, sorry, my mistake, Newton Falls on March 12, 2007. Um... And so that's been going on. If you guys, you got to pay attention to this case. It's, it's, it's one of the big biggest one. in the area at the moment. It's huge. And the case will resume on Tuesday afternoon because um, the court's going to be closed on Monday in mm-hmm. observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So Jeez. we will we will have to follow that closely because this is a big, big trial. Huge, mm-hmm. huge story. I mean, the last big trial we had, in, at least in this area, was the Joseph Seaman Right, was his name Joe Seaman? Yep, yep. Joe Seaman trial, um, and then when he leaped from the, um, which didn't last very long. No, <laughs> no. When he leaped from the uh, Mahoning, was it Mahoning County? Yeah, uh, City Hall. Yeah. Mahoning. No, it was no. City Hall. No. Yeah, it was in the courthouse. Yeah. He leaped from the uh, Mahoning, from the balcony, right from the balcony, and landed in the rotunda. 
and that ended that case. Um, so that was like the last big thing. That's yeah. probably like two years ago. That's when I mm-hmm. first yeah. was starting in journalism. That I was like workshop in class. Me and Tana were on the same workshop class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's crazy. Ooh. But next up, um, so GM CEO, um, oh, what's her name? Bara. Right. Correct me. I believe so. I want to get it up here. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Yes, Mary Barra. Okay, yeah. Mary Barra, uh, GM CEO. Um, during the, you know, if you guys don't know, the Detroit Auto Show is going on right now. Um, and, you know, Tim Ryan and, you know, Mike DeWine have been in talks with um, Barra to see if, you know, they'll keep some of these Ohio um, GM plants in, you know, going on. Um, you know, one of those is Lordstown. And um, recently, she gives a little hope to starting up the Lordstown plant again during the uh, Detroit Auto Show. So, you know, she kind of went back on her word and say, eh, maybe not. We won't do this. So that's going to start spark a lot of outrage with a lot of people because the UAW, the United Auto Workers um, Union, um, is really mad about this whole situation. So we'll see where this goes. Um, but she's not making too many people happy. And I'm curious to see where Chevy sales and GM sales stand at the end of this quarter after the closing of all these. And if, you know, maybe their, you know, because their stock went up when they closed down a lot of the plants in the yeah, U.S. They did. they did. You know, and so that really shocked a lot of people, you know, because a lot of jobs are now in Mexico for that. You know, I, I was just counting down the days. Once they went down to the first shift, and you know, we've talked about the GM Lordstown it, it was plant closing, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it was predictable. You know, it's once they go down to first, just the first shift, you know, it's 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 going down. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're curious to see if anything will happen with this plant. You know, maybe we'll get the TJX in there, and that'll help Lordstown. But right now, things are up in the air. It doesn't look too good for GM in this area, no. though. So we'll just have to wait and see and see after the quarter GM sales. Is, GM is having a rough couple of weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we'll we'll talk about yeah. that in, in, in a bit. That's a little bit of a tease. Oh yeah, you uh, should, yeah. You should read that one. That was a little. That's a crazy. That's, that's a, a crazy story. That's a mess. I saw that. Do you want to jump into that one real quick? Yeah, let's just we'll jump into that okay. first. So that's um, GM is currently in a lawsuit with some uh, workers due to um, some racial harassment that's ongoing, and um, some. African-American workers have been finding nooses um, around their plants that they've been working at. Um, This happened at a Ohio plant, actually, in Toledo. Um, Rich, you want to explain a little bit about it? Um, So basically, two years ago, um, well, basically, two years ago, there had been claims of this harassment going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I haven't read too much into it, Mm -hmm. but the lawsuit alleges that black workers were called racial slurs and that some white co-workers wore shirts underneath their um, coveralls with visible Nazi symbols on them. And they were also white-only bathroom signs that apparently employees would be putting up um, to keep the African-Americans out of those bathrooms. So that's honestly ridiculous. And also um, the nooses that were... Yeah, it's, oh it's, oh my God. it's absurd. Ooh, another one. Um, when a one worker at the plant found a monkey doll in a racist drawing near his workstation, um, if somebody was stealing parts, they would clamp down on that. Uh, Voach said of GM, who is a, uh, who is Voach? Sorry, Michael Voach, a lawyer representing a group of, um, group of black current and former workers at the Toledo plant, who are suing the automaker, and they started suing. They started this litigation in April of 2018. Yep. And then one thing that was also found is some black workers also claimed they were told to quote unquote be careful because a white employee's daddy was in the Ku Klux Klan. The lawsuit that says. Is in- 
insane um, to me. The workers are seeking unspecified punitive damages and are asking in their complaint that the company take certain measures at the plant, including installing cameras and monitors in the workplace and increasing security. What year? What year are we living in? This you is know, 20, I feel like I don't know anymore. Right? I feel like we're getting pushed back into the past. We are. We definitely are. Issues like this should not be a problem anymore. I don't understand why this is such a problem still. Yeah, and I feel like there are still like a lot of people who might think that like racism isn't that big of an issue anymore, but like really, I mean it's, it's never nothing it, it will changed. never it's, it will never go away. And it's sad to say. It's just not going to. It's it's yeah. terrible that it's still around. It just it needs to go away. If I could eradicate one thing, one thing honestly, that might be it. People should be yeah. treated equally, regardless. It it's the most absurd thing. It, the it fact that those kind of things nuts. are going on in a professional area where like people just yeah. are there to make money. They're not there to you know be harassed. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous no. to me that this is still going on, and then this kind of behavior is you know why has it not been stopped? Why you know why are the managers? Why have they not already taken steps? Why does it have to result in a litigation? Because you know they had to let it get this far. If you know, anything, they didn't put a stop to it. Why don't they just fire the problem? Exactly. Why is it? Exactly. This should, be like, okay. yeah. this should have been solved two yeah. years ago. Yeah, it should have been solved right away. Yeah, yeah. Not enough people take it as seriously as it needs to be. No. And um, NBC News wrote that one former worker told them, I left because it got to a point where I didn't want to deal with the racial, racial tension and toxic environment anymore. It should never get to that point. It should be getting rid of the problem, not making someone feel so alienated that they need to leave their workplace and no longer have an income from yeah. that from gm or wherever it is mm-hmm. oh man ridiculous wow when i read well, that story we'll see how wow. that goes um we'll keep following oh, that yeah. story that's, and keep you updated that's another mm-hmm. big story who so in uh, other political news if you guys haven't heard buzzfeed came out with an article about how um alleging that michael cohen was um lied to congress about um donald trump and the alleged um that's a big no-no oh yeah the <laughs> alleged collusion between him and russia in those you know trump tower meetings um in the and now um michael cohen has gone to twitter and you know addressed this issue and be like i'm ashamed that you know i blindly did this for a man you know and you know donald trump threw him under the bus ultimately you know he backed up uh what's his other oh paul manafort backed up paul manafort you know but uh you know, he kind of screwed over. Uh, he's a sacrificial lamb. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, but now he's, I mean, if this is proven true, you know, by, you know, when he goes on, you know, he's going to go in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Cohen is, and uh, testify about this information, you know, because he's already been set, you know, he's already going to prison, you know. Yeah. there's mm-hmm. what's, what's he got to lose, you mm-hmm. know? It's not like Trump's going to um, excuse him, so... He's, I guess he's just going to take Trump down with him. And, you know, if this is true, then this is a huge bombshell yeah. for the Trump presidency. And, you know, it's not like we haven't seen that before. But holy crap, like if this is real, man, I mean, maybe we could really see some impeachment movement going, you know, yeah. if it's even, you know, introduced. So I could see it happening, especially with, you know, that Democratic majority now in the House. Mm-hmm. There is going to be that push I think at least. I mean, I know that the Democrats are going to have to tread lightly and be careful. But with this evidence, the clock's that's, ticking. That's a big deal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this all this always could be hearsay too. Yeah. Who I knows? A, I have a reliable. Like I have a I have a question for all of you guys. Yeah. Uh, how much do you trust sources like BuzzFeed on political news like this? Because I heard people are like, yeah, BuzzFeed 
sends out like BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed's the one that put well, that you out. You know, we used to have a, we have a former Jam Bar worker. Do we? Who works at BuzzFeed? Yeah, and does political reporting. That's fantastic. That's that's good. Um, this is but, my view on BuzzFeed. Yeah, you know, it's a very you know, the president and like other me, you know, make you feel a little wishy washy on BuzzFeed, and I think it's because of them trying to appeal to the millennial and like Generation X and you know yeah. era. And so by doing that with like memes and stuff and doing those long reads of like, oh, like which quiz are that's, you kind yeah, of that's thing, what I'm I like, think that really dwindles their credibility. I was gonna say, so this yeah. is why I always tell everybody is don't just check one source on a story. Read four or five stories on the same thing because then you're going to get, oh, this is the common shared facts about this and this is what mm-hmm. must be true because they all share the same fact. I agree. Um, so always like don't just check out one source. You know whether you, you know you follow Fox, you just follow Fox, or you just follow MSNBC. Please go outside your comfort zone and like explore and, you know, just don't trust just one source because you know not you know for the liberals not always MSNBC is going to be completely right. They're going to have their bias. Yeah. Fox is going to have their bias. So you know the best thing is to just collectively just go out there, get as many facts as you can from different sources, and you know then you're like okay this is what the facts must be. You know. And go from there. When it comes to this story, though, this specific one that um, BuzzFeed found, I don't think that any other news source has independently confirmed it. So, I mean, obviously err on the side of caution with it. But at the same time, we're all used to Mm -hmm. only reading BuzzFeed probably on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. At least I am. I don't go out of my way to read BuzzFeed. That's that's why I bring it up. Yeah. We don't ever read their actual news. So to tell you the truth, I'm not as well educated as I'd like to be on that question. Okay. Um, I don't really look into their news. Yeah. So I think that that could be something and where they're like just the more emerging. that's the reason why I bring that up. Because it's like yeah. they are trying their best. If they get if they are right on this and the first and like the only people to like report it. That's congrats, huge. That's awesome well, for them. Well, this is my that's inkling great. that I think is true is because Michael Cohen went on Twitter and addressed these accusations. Oh, yeah. And like kind of like confirmed it you know yeah. and said you know i'm ashamed of like blindly following this man so i you know and he's willing to go in front of the senate judiciary committee so i think it's kind of true i think yeah. it's on the past to be true so well and that's not the only thing you did on twitter but apparently he was uh paying an it firm to tweet that he was and i quote sexy and also promoting him as a pit bull and sex symbol um wow. he like yeah he paid like this firm to oh essentially like God. create this twitter account called women for cohen um <laughs> and oh basically gosh. that account just promoted him is exactly what i just said so oh. uh oh my. What? how old so, is that is that like newer information yeah yeah i was just reading about this yeah oh, that's uh, hilarious. So, anything you guys want to touch on real quick last uh, couple stories see what we got i think that's about it i mean trump canceled uh nancy pelosi's uh trip to uh that's just petty to me yeah i mean but it's it's in response it's back and forth with this government shutdown man i mean it's it's crazy i mean i think the only way in my opinion that this government shutdown is going to happen and i think it's going to get really done is is all of the tsa workers walk out because nobody can travel and that's really and then people it's business people reg you know regular like execs that you know take these like you know these flights it will shut down or even the air traffic controllers you know it will shut down airports no one internationally can come in nobody um from like anywhere else so sorry my mic yeah, <laughs> no one from like anywhere else can get in and so this is going to cause such a commotion and outrage that like they're gonna have to do something as soon as possible so i think really that's the only solution in this matter i mean is it the most like 
the easiest? No. But is it going to get something done? Most likely, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, we'll see. I think that what Trump did with canceling Pelosi's trip to Afghanistan because she advised him to not have the State of the Union address maybe was a little petty. You know, um, funny is that he wrote her a letter about it. And at the bottom of the letter, he's like, you know, we just canceled your trip on, you know, like private government flights. But you're welcome to take like a commercial flight if that suits you. So he really was being petty. And I kind of think it's funny. It it is funny. I do do enjoy it. She can still go. But I mean. But I think that her advising him to not have the State of the Union address was very smart considering the fact that the government is shut down right now. Yeah. I mean, there's safety concerns. There's a lot of things that that are a problem, especially during this time. Yeah. to do that. So. The state of the union is bad right now. Ugh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, bad. on that note, Brent, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Make sure you uh, check out the, our newer shows that we're going to be starting up in the very, very near future. And it's going to be great. We're going to talk politics on one, sports on the other. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Jamcast. And don't forget, Journalism Matters. We'll catch you guys Friday in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. We'll catch you then. See ya.